Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and I want to welcome you uh, to our service this morning. Today's scripture reading is in the book of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. It is one of the seven I am statements that Jesus uh, makes, and it's probably also one of the ones that the least preached or least talked about, the I am the door statement. Scripture reading again is in the book of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. I want to invite you to open your Bibles and read along with me. And it says this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. The goal of the church is so that, yes, we go out and we can reach people and we can bring people to Christ, and, and that's definitely a given. But the goal for our church was to, to take them beyond that point as well. See, if we see the last part of the scripture today, it says, I came so that you may have life and have life in abundance. And so what does that mean? What does that mean to have life in abundance? And today, as we dissect the scriptures, we're going to go into more detail about how we can accomplish that. So get your, your paper, um, get uh, ready for to take some notes because we will be um, uh, giving you the opportunity to study these um, scriptures a little more during the week. Just um, also uh, a note that uh, our goal is for this Wednesday to have our first Zoom connection. So um, look out for that. We will be sending out the invite so that we can connect via Zoom and we can discuss the scriptures a little further. So we're excited about that. That is the goal of our church is to, to go beyond the surface, to be able to to take people to that next level in, in relationship, not religion, but relationship with God. You know, um, I think about this um, as uh, we have traveled and in some of the places that we have gone to, um, one of the excursions that they offer is to go snorkeling. And uh, I don't know how to swim. I've, I've never learned. And so as tempted and, and as, as great as it sounds, I've never been able to sign up for something like that because I don't know how to swim. But, but I've seen videos, I have friends who have done it and they tell me about these amazing stories about how beautiful it is once you go below the surface, once you go deeper and you can see the beauty of God's creation 
And yet I have never been able to experience that because I don't know how to go deeper um, because I don't know how to swim. And so the goal for this church is to teach us how to swim so that we can go deeper and be able to see the beauty that God has for us as Christians. When he talks about that we might have life and have it in abundance, how, do we, how are we able to accomplish that? So that's the goal for our church. So those of you that are just joining us for the first time, um, it's an exciting time. Um, and then we welcome you um, so that you can join us in our journey uh, of growth and relationship with God. A little bit of background on today's scripture. Um, it really starts in chapter 9, where Jesus healed the blind man. And, and the Pharisees, they didn't know what to do with that. Because um, Jesus was not supposed to um, have the, the, the authority and the power to be able to heal somebody, especially if he did it on the Sabbath. And so, so they were um, pretty upset about this. And, and they, they didn't um, like the fact that people were starting to hear about it because the man, the, the man that had been um, healed, the man that had been restored his, his sight was going around telling people. And so, so they, they didn't know what to do with it. And they were, they were pretty upset. Uh, in fact, they even called um, the man's parents in to confirm that he was indeed blind and, and they sure did confirm that he was and so so they just send the man away because they didn't want him to be sharing that story testifying or witnessing to what jesus had done and, and you know we don't talk a lot about the blind man you know we kind of focus on the pharisees and their reaction and jesus's response but can we can we look at this uh, man for a little bit because i just think of how amazing it probably was for him to think that that he got his sight back and he and he's able to see and, and people are are criticizing and people are saying no that can't be that can't happen and, and imagine i can only imagine him looking around with this big smile saying well you can have your theological discussions all you want i can see you know what? You can doubt all you want and you can question all you want, but you will never be able to take away the fact that I can see. And I love that part because there are many of us who, who have um, caused that kind of chaos in the Christian community and maybe even in our own churches. When, when people tell us, no, that's not possible. No, salvation is not meant for you. No, unless you do this and this and this, you will never be able to, to, to see Jesus or see God as your father and have that kind of relationship. And you and I, we can, we can have the same reaction as this blind man. We can look around with a big smile on our face and say, well, you can have your theological discussions all you want. I know that I was blind and now I can see. And you can, you can do whatever you want, but you're not going to silence me about sharing my story. It's exciting message today. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the beautiful gift of our faith, and we thank you for, for the opportunity and the privilege to be able to come together and just be united, God, through, through worship and communion. And now, God, we, we continue to just sit around the table ready to be fed by your word. I ask, Holy One, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. 
Talk to us, teach us this morning, Holy Spirit, your church is ready to listen. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So today we're going to look at three life application points. And, and we're going to um, go a little faster on the first two points and probably spend a little more time on the third point because I think that the application is definitely important. But the first life application point is that Jesus says that he is the door. He is the gate. And, and, and I think there's significance um, in understanding that part. Let me share a story with you. Um, before I moved to San Antonio, I used to live out at South Padre Island. I used to live on, on the beach. And one of the things that I loved about um, living on the beach is that e every day that you went for a walk or you went for a jog, um, the experience was just awesome. The, the scenery was amazing. To be able to walk and, and see God's beauty and God's creation when you're walking on the beach. But the other thing that was interesting is that there was another section um, on the island that you could also see the beauty and and man's creation because there were some beautiful homes and, and the scenery was just amazing because you could walk uh, by and just admire these huge and beautiful homes. And and since I used to live there, you know, I used to um, walk or jog often around the area. So after a while, you kind of get familiar with which homes um, were empty. And a lot of these homes were, were only occupied, some only during the winter, because there were um, people that would come and spend the winters um, on the beach. Um, some were occupied only during the summer. There were summer homes and, or vacation homes. And so after a while, you, you kind of knew um, which homes were empty. And, and you also would see that they would come in and they would take care of the homes. So there was times in where you would see the blinds open and it usually meant that, you know, people were there cleaning and keeping up with the, with the place. And so, so a couple of times as I was walking, I, I was so curious because the houses were beautiful and I thought, I wonder what it looks like inside. So a few times I went into their yard and, and I looked through the window and, and I remember I was in awe in some of these places. I mean, it was beautiful homes, and I could, I could imagine, you know, being inside the home, and I would, I could only imagine what it would be like to live there, right? To, to, to open your eyes and and stand out on the balcony and be able to just see, you know, the the beautiful scenery, and I just thought it was beautiful. And so, but the the reality is, the the best I could do was look through the window. I was, I was not going to actually live there. And I mentioned that because I think I approached Christianity the same way for a long time. In, in which, you know, I grew up in the church and, and I heard about God's blessings and I heard about, you know, all that he had to offer. But at some point, you know, things happened in my life and, and, and the message turned out to be, no, 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 not, not for you. This is... You know, and there were things that I had no control over. There were not things that I had chosen. There were things that, that it was just who I was. And, and, and my orientation became a big part of the, the denial. Um, and, and so I, I believed it. I actually believed it. And so, so for a while there, I would look at Christianity and I felt like I was doing, um, I, when I was out on the beach, I, I felt like I was looking through a window and saying, God, I love that, but it'll never be for me. I'll never be able to live 
that life of Christianity that everybody's talking about. And for a while there, I honestly believed that the best I could do in Christianity would be to look at it through a window. In church, this message is important because there are some of you out there right now who are feeling the same way who think that the message uh, of the gospel and the message of the good news does not apply to you for whatever reason. Someone out there has led you to believe that this is not for you and that the best that you can do is just look at it through a window. And, and the part that I love about today is that Jesus is saying he is the door. He is the door for us to come to God. He is the door for us to be part of the kingdom. He is the door. Jesus says, everyone that comes through me will be saved. What is happening here is, is he's telling us the doors to Christianity do not belong to the church. The door to Christianity is not managed by a preacher or a pastor. I am, Jesus says, the door. And the way that I gave you access to come in to, to my fold, to be part of my sheep, is by way of the cross. See, he has already paid for you and I to have the access. Oh, but see, he's just not our door. He's also our shepherd. But, but it's also important, church, that we understand that, that the way that he became the door, the way that he grants us access is via the cross. And we have to be careful with the messages out there that say there are other ways in which we can, they can uh, come into the fold and, and, and access the sheep. And yes, there are other ways. But Jesus tells us, those people that do not come through the door, that do not come through the sacrifice, that do not come through the cross like I did, all they are is thieves and robbers. So the message for you today is an encouraging message. I want you to hear it loud and clear that you don't have to look through the window anymore, that you don't have to feel like an outsider because Jesus says, I am the door. I am the one that leads you in and I am the one that will give you salvation. And I came so that you may have life and life in abundance. So I invite you today to go around, stop looking through that window and understand that he is our door and access has been granted to us by way of Jesus Christ. He will give us the salvation and he will give us access to the Father. And so, so here's another example. You know, when I, when I would look into these houses, the best I could do was look through the window. But, but this is this is this is awesome because when I go to my father's house, I, I don't have to, I don't even have to knock. I can just go in. I have access to go into my father's house because he is my father. And when I go to, to my dad's house, you know, I can I can just go in, I can help myself to the refrigerator, I can I can go into the bedroom, I can walk around freely in that home because it is my father's house. And what a difference that makes spiritually. 
when when I went to a place where I thought this could only be viewed through a window to actually living and and breathing and worshiping God and and knowing that I am part of his fold. So so I want to invite you to experience that today because that can be your experience as well. But here's life application point number two. He tells us, beware of the thief. Yes, he is the door. And yes, he is the gate. And yes, he is the gatekeeper. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a thief out there. You know, I love that that, uh, Reverend T.D. Jakes says, the thief is coming. The thief is coming. The thief is coming. Jesus said, the thief is coming. So church, why are you so shocked when the thief shows up? And isn't that true? We are shocked sometimes when we see the thieves trying to come and, and, and steal our faith and kill our hope and destroy our, our salvation and our lives. So let me ask you a question. How would we act if we knew that a thief was coming to rob our house today? What would we do? How would we act? You know, if we know that he's coming, we would take preparation. We would prepare for that. Now, Jesus doesn't remind us to be aware of the thief so that we can be scared. He doesn't remind us about the thief so that, so that we can, we can panic and, and be worried and, and, and just, you know, be scared of it. No, he's telling us so that we can be prepared. And here's the other thing. I think it's so that we can prioritize our energy. I'm serious. If we knew that the thief was coming, then we would not waste our time with nonsense. Yeah, I said it. If we knew the thief was coming, then you know what? We would say, I don't have time to be arguing with you. I have to go and get my house ready because the thief is coming. If we know that the thief is coming and we prepare for it, then we would say things like, I don't have time to be worried about my neighbor and what he's doing and what he's driving or who he or she is seeing because I've got to get my house in order. I don't have time to be fighting with you. We both are Christians. You are my brother. You are my sister. In fact, what we need to do is we need to come together so that we can prepare, so that we can have our homes in place in order because the thief is coming. The thief is coming. Remember that video about that woman that would say, I don't got time for that. No one's got time for that. When you know that the thief is coming, church, then it would get our priorities in order and we would know not to focus on the things that are just wasting our energy and wasting our time and getting us excited about something that we have no control over, but also things that bring fear into our lives. And we were told we were not given a spirit of fear. So when he says, beware the thief, again, it's not so that we can be scared, but so that we can be prepared. And how do we prepare? is by coming stronger in our relationship and in our faith. By knowing that the security is not in our situation, but in our Savior. I'm going to say that again. Security is not in our situation, but in our Savior. 
You know, I don't know if you've ever had the experience when somebody breaks into your home. Um, Mike and I had that experience a few years ago. And, and it is a horrible feeling and you, you feel very violated. And, and, and so one of the things that we did, once we knew that that was a possibility, is we went and we got an alarm system. We now have cameras in our home. And, and, and you know what, it's not so that we can be paranoid about it and just sit in front of the monitor because you know what, we know what the system does and, and I think it's really, it's really cool about that, is it will alert us. It, it will alert us if, if there's movement around our house. <clears throat> when, when, when there's movement around our house, we get a notification saying there's, there's movement in your house. And, and I think, isn't that cool how the Holy Spirit works in that same way? See, when, when we are prepared, when we, when we understand that the, the thread is real and we get closer to God and we get closer in our relationship and, and we get um, a better understanding, then, then the Holy Spirit, we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit alerting us, saying, hey, be careful. There's, there's motion around you that is not good. When, when a window or, or a, a door is open that, that is normally not um, somebody that has a code or, or somebody that should be coming in, it will alarm. The alarm will go off and it will let us know. So if we can have that kind of confidence in a home security system, then we can have even much more confidence in God our Father. There's a preacher that used this story and I thought it was, it was really awesome. And he says, <clears throat> you know, his little boy was teaching, was learning how to swim. And he says, and, and so, you know, we, we just wanted him to get comfortable being in the water. And so when I would bring him into the pool, I would carry him and he would put his arms around my neck. And, and he understood that as you go, the little boy, as you go deeper and he felt the water rising, that his level of anxiety and panic also uh, rose. And so he says it was it was interesting because as I was the, the father says I was carrying him and I was walking towards the deep end. He would start panicking and I could feel him, you know, holding me tighter and he would say, no, daddy, no, not the deep end, not the deep end. And he thought, you know, it's funny because whether we're in the shallow side of the pool or in the deep side of the pool, he still can't touch the ground, the floor. So so he says the reality is it's not about the depth of the water, but the height of the Father. The reality is He is carrying us, and whether we're in the shallow part and we're in the comfortable part in our in our life, or we're in that, that season where it's deeper and it's, it's more difficult, the reality is it is our security is not in our situation, it's in our Father, and it's not about the depth of the water, it is about the height of our Father. He is carrying us through those moments. You know, there's another um, uh, saying that says, it doesn't matter the size of the storm when Jesus is in the boat with you. So yes, yes, we are careful. Yes, we are aware of the thief. But it's not so that we can be afraid of it, but so that we can prepare. It's so that we can understand that our security comes from the Father. And that when we go through, through those shallow moments, yes, we hold on. And when we go through the deeper moments, yes, maybe at that point is where we need to hold on even tighter. So church, I invite you 
I invite you to, to go deeper. I invite you to, to prepare and not, not waste any time to be mad at people, to be comparing ourselves, to be worried about our neighbors, to be critical of our coworkers and our, and, and our friends and our family, or even our church. It says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But because he is our door, he's also our shepherd. And anything that comes, anybody that comes to hurt his sheep have to go through him first. And we can find comfort in that. Here's life application point number three. He came that we may have life. Not just exist, but that we can have life. You know, what, what does that mean? I don't know, have you ever met some of those Christians that, that are just not thriving? That, that are just happy that, that, that they woke up? And, and don't, don't, don't get me wrong, that's awesome. But, but, but God uh, said that he sent his son so that you and I, we could have life in abundance, not just life, not just so that we can wait, uh, open our eyes, not just so that we can have, you know, fire um, insurance and, and other, that we're going to go to heaven. It is, it, is, it is more than that. It is a life of fullness and vitality. That's what we um, need to be preaching about. That's what we need to help people get to. That's what I was talking about at the beginning of my sermon, that we want to bring people to that fullness of, of what Christianity means, to, to a life of vitality. And how do we accomplish that? So this is, this is where you, um, you know, come closer. Um, pay attention. You don't want to miss this. And I say that, and in my style of preaching is is to provide the one, two, threes, and ABCs, because now, like I said, I grew up in the church, and and you know we were Pentecostal, so we went to church probably four or five times a week and twice on Sundays, and, and I remember the preacher would would stand there and he would scream and he would yell and and he would scream and he would yell and I would sit there and I would say, I hear you, <clears throat> but how do I get there? I hear that I need to change, but how do I change? I hear that I need to start doing this, but how do I do that? And so I always, I always think that there is an Alfredo sitting out there that needs to have these ABCs and one, two, threes. And so, so that's why um, I, I, my style of preaching is to, to give those bullets and, and those one, two, threes. So life application point number three is that we may have life. So how do we accomplish that? And one way is to be in his presence. <clears throat> you know, last week we talked about how, how Jesus gave the ministry of presence to Cleopas and the other disciples. They were walking to the road uh, to Emmaus. And Jesus just walked with them. And he just listened to them. And he allowed them to, to have their experience and have their moment. And, and, I, and it is important that we um, be in his presence always. And one of the one of the things that, that I think about is I imagine, you know, God is my father, is imagine when you go to a place that is that is busy and that is is, is a lot of people, you know, and, and you're there with with your child. You know, one of the first things that you do when when you you, you see that there's too many people and, and there's a very good chance that your child might get lost, is you say, Hold my hand. Hold tight 
to my hand. You know, um, I grew up, um, you know, Hispanic, right? And, and so one of the things that my mom would do when she would take us to, you know, to go to downtown to go shopping is, is she would tell us to hold on to her skirt. And then that was, that was my security. It was, it was, it didn't matter how many people were around. It didn't matter, you know, whether I could see because, you know, I was a kid. So whether I could see or not, as long as I was holding on to my mom's skirt, I knew that I was okay. I knew that I would be okay. And we need to have the same experience with Jesus. We, we need to be in his presence and we need to always acknowledge that. And how, how can we be in his presence always it is through being part of a community, <clears throat> be around people that will encourage us and, and will pray for us and will, will help hold us accountable. It is by being in his word and studying and, and, and spending that time to get to know, um, God and Jesus better and, and to read the scriptures, not as you would read an encyclopedia all the time, but, um, Maybe some of you don't know what an encyclopedia is. I'm not not read the scriptures as as you're reading a dictionary, but as you're reading a love letter. To to spend time in devotion, to be able to to listen, and, and that's the the second um, point um, of being in His presence is also to be able to hear His voice, because He speaks to us, and 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 sometimes we have a hard time hearing him. And that is because we get caught up in the busyness. And let me give you an example. <clears throat> when we're at home, Mike and I are talking and, and sometimes we're talking and we're doing something. You know, he might be, you know, doing one thing and I might be, you know, doing something else. And, and we're, we're talking and, and we're still doing what we're doing. And so sometimes, you know, let's say I'm, I'm folding laundry and, and I start walking away to, to put it away. And, and I get to a certain point where Mike is still talking, but I can no longer hear him. And church, we know when that is as well. So, so we must be in his presence and we must be able to hear his voice. And, and we all need to be, under, to, to be able to understand that when we can't hear his voice anymore is because we have probably gotten caught up in the busyness or walked too far away so that we can't hear him anymore. And so the best thing to do is to remember to, to come closer so that we can hear him. And here's the third one. We don't just need to hear his voice. We also need to listen to him. See, for a long time, I remember that, that I could hear, I could hear God, um, giving me direction. I could hear him saying, I need you to do this. I want, I want you to do that. He would put it in my spirit. I could hear it. It's almost like it was an audible voice. I knew that there were some things that I needed to do. And so I remember I had to get to the point to say, I need to start listening because I hear him, but I'm not listening. I'm not paying attention. I am not being obedient. And so we, we should be in his presence. We should be able to hear his voice and we should listen, pay attention because he says his sheep know his voice. They listen to him and he leaves them in and he takes them out. And he says he goes before them. So when we are in his presence, when we hear his voice, when we are being obedient, we are also able to allow him to go before us and lead us in the way that, that we need to go. 
And when, when we do those things, when we're in his presence, when we hear his voice, when we listen, when we allow him to lead us, then, then church, he will take us in the right direction. He will never take us to a place that is not the right place to go. When we are able to, to have a life of abundance, it's also a time where we find significance in our lives. And we need to understand that significance is not in our product, it's in the process. It's not in, in what we the end result is, it's how we get there. It's when we understand that the significance also helps us find our purpose. And when, when there is significance, when we find our purpose, it also helps our perspective. And that's when we understand that we can thrive that we can actually contribute. You know, it, it changes things. It's, it's when you know that, you know, parents, you're not just changing a diaper. You're actually raising children, godly children. You are raising godly children that will one day be godly men and women. So, so it puts things in perspective and, and it helps us not see things lightly. It helps us understand that when you're working on that spreadsheet or you're, you're, you're working in your office or you're answering the phone at work, you're not just existing, you're actually contributing to that organization. And when you're in ministry and when you're called to, to help set up the church, to help clean up the church, to, to turn on the candles in the church, to, to do the recordings, to, to do the editing, to, to, to come and worship, to, to teach the children, you're not just doing something out of routine. You're actually contributing to the bigger picture of the gospel. So have you found that significance? Have you found your purpose? Do you understand your why? When, when we understand those things, and you can get those things, you can understand them today. It's just that it's not something that we are geared, that we are even trained to do anymore. <clears throat> today is about the hustle and, and bustle. Today is about going fast. Today is about, you know, how many things can I check off in my day? And it's not about being in the present. It's not about understanding that today, today there's beauty, today there's blessings, today there's, there's amazing things that he wants to teach us. Have you found that significance? Have you found your purpose? Do you understand your why? And when we do that, then, then it opens the door. It, it, it opens the possibilities. You know, when you find your purpose, then it's not on things. You can be in the most difficult situation and you still find a reason to wake up. And you still can't wait to get out of bed because you understand your purpose. You understand that there's significance in your life and you want to go out there and you want to contribute. I, I, I'm telling you, that's what it means to be able to have that life and life in abundance. Are you living the life that we're inviting others to live? And, and are you tired of just looking at this life through a window? And, and are you ready to experience that? So today, I'm telling you, stop looking through the window. Stop being satisfied with the surface. 
Stop rushing to try to get to that next phase or that next chapter or the next season in your life. You know, I know, I know that's, that's normal. We, we normally, we, we tend to get pushed into that. You know, when, when you're in school is, is, is what are you going to do when you graduate? When you're in college, what are you going to do when you graduate from college? When you have a job, you know, what are you going to do, um, when, you know, when you move to move up with the company? When you're single is when are you going to get married? When you're married is when are you going to have children? And, and, and so it's always, we're always talking about the next place, the next phase, the next, the next uh, chapter in our lives. But we need to understand that we need to live in, this moment and jesus is not saying i came so that you may have life one day it's so you may have life today and life in abundance so church we need to stop battling with the this and that syndrome <clears throat> because we all experience that we all say you know i have this but oh if only i could have that I know, I know that, that, that I have this and that I have this gift, but man, if I could have that one. I know that this is where God has me right now, but man, if I could just go there. I know that this is a job that I have right now, but man, if I could just get that, that promotion. And, 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 and we need to stop doing that, this or that, and just understand that this is where God has us. And that there's value in that. And that, that even though wherever it is that we are, there is significance, there is vitality, there is purpose, and there is contribution. It is my invitation to you today to have a life of vitality, significance, and purpose. Are you living that life? Are you ready to live that life? You're just one decision away from doing that. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this message. And we thank you, God, for this amazing reminder, God, that you are the door and that you are the one that has already granted us access, God, by way of the cross and by way of your sacrifice, God. And we just thank you for that, God. We thank you because every ounce of your blood, God, was given so that we may have life. And we thank you because your sacrifice was enough. And, and because your words are, are true where you say it is finished. And that there is nothing we need to do to acquire that but just say yes to you, Lord. To understand and acknowledge that you are our Lord and Savior. That you are our door, the only door, the only way. But we thank you, God, because all of us had that opportunity and that access to God by way of you being our door. We thank you for preparing us, God, to be able to battle the, the thieves and the robbers, God, to be able through by way of your Holy Spirit, identify them and not be afraid of them, God, but in fact, to be prepared. God, that, that, that you help us understand that because the thief exists, that we need to prioritize our energy and prioritize our focus, God, and, and stop worrying about the things that we have no control over and, and be active, God, on the things that we do. And that is to be able to share the good news, to be able to be the light through our own lives. I thank you for that. And Father God, we thank you for the promise, the reality of us, having a life of abundance, a life in where, where it's not about things, 
a life in where we can find security and, and, and significance and, and, and purpose in our lives. Understanding that it's not the depth of the water, but the height of the Father that will take us to that level of intimacy that we so desire and that you so desire to have with us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise. We thank you for the decisions that were made today to invite you in. And now we are ready, God, for you to lead us out and be able to do the work that you've called us to do. We acknowledge, God, that maybe as a church community, we haven't done the best job, God, at, at being able to share the good news, God, that, that we've created walls and doors, God, to keep people out instead of bringing people in. But we thank you because you have knocked those walls down and you have opened us up to be able to reach people in more ways than we could imagine. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. I invite you to go to our website, nb-ccc.org, where you will also find the children's service and lessons. If you go to our website, go to the children's ministry, children's services tab, and you will see today's um, lesson as well and, and the service. Um, this is also an opportunity for you to connect with us. Send us an email, send us a message, letting us know how you're doing. Send us your prayer request so that we can continue to keep you in prayer. And, and you can also continue to provide your support and your love um, through your offerings and your tithes through our website, nb-ccc.org. Thank you. God bless you. And we will see you next week.